Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. So today's um, clubhouse is about what KPIs we track and why. Um, And we have a very specific way of tracking, well, we track a lot of data um, in our salons and we teach tracking a lot of data in RL CEO. In fact, one of the first things that we implement inside the salon is, uh, well, there are a couple things. One is something that we call the company scorecard, which, at first has you tracking um, revenue, retail, like service revenue, retail sales, pre-booking, um, right when you enroll in the, in the program, we, we track utilization and guest count and all sorts of things. We collect a lot of data about um, each student that enrolls. And then one of the most effective, and I think the, one of the practices that we do, I think that moves the needle the most is something called a small teams, which um, the idea for small teams came from a book by Jocko Wilnick called Extreme Ownership. And he's a Navy SEAL and he talks about um, this raft exercise that they do in SEAL training um, where there are small teams of, of SEAL trainees and they, they have to do certain challenges with a raft and there's a leader and all sorts of stuff. But um, this idea of small teams kind of came from that, that book and we have each artist track their own benchmarks on a weekly basis, um, which, you know, when we started doing this inside of my salon really changed the game for us because before we were doing monthly meetings and, you know, by the time our artists would come into the monthly one-on-one, you know, the month had already passed and it was a little bit too late to do things about, you know, a low pre-booking rate or, or things of that nature. Um, so it's helped them a lot to have their eyes on their numbers on a weekly basis. And then having them do it has actually cut down on some of the workload for us. But the things that we track inside of small teams are utilization, which is like your productivity, how many hours are booked versus how many you have for sale, um, pre-booking, um, GARD, which is guest average retail dollar, and retention. And then we used to track um, chemical versus technical percentage, and we started now tracking service revenue per hour, which is still kind of based on what, how many of your hours are sold to like hair cutting and blow dries and how many of your hours are sold to um, chemical services like color and um, keratins and then also um, what, what portion of your hours are sold to extensions. So that is sort of an overview as to the KPIs that we track and I would love for anyone else to hop in here and Um, maybe talk about small teams or talk about the KPIs that are most important inside of your companies. And 
Yeah, I love, I mean, I think small teams was a huge game changer for us. Um, and, you know, we have to do it a little bit differently um, because we are such a small team already. So we operate just with the one small team. But, you know, for bigger teams like, um, you know, Amanda's especially, it's so powerful to have, to empower those leaders to be the leaders of the small teams. And then to see them start to understand how to coach to the KPIs, to the rest of the team. And I think it's, I just think it's really neat when they really start to become aware of those numbers and then not only be aware, but to be able to coach the rest of the team, which is really neat. Yeah. And just to um, expound on that, what Jesse's talking about is, um, and I didn't explain that very well, is that when when we have our artists track their numbers, there is a leader of each small team. And that leader is reviewing that artist's numbers. And some, some of us have our artists make looms. They answer questions correlating to their KPIs and also um, cultural stuff like core values. And those leaders are then turning around and giving feedback to those artists, which what I've noticed inside of my salon from doing that is that the leaders of the small teams become even more effective mm -hmm. um, in their performance in the salon because, I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons. One is that they really get um, uh, really good at looking at numbers and what behaviors get to get tweaked to make those numbers move. And then also it's hard to lead someone and coach um, from a place of authenticity when you're not doing the behaviors required. So it kind of helps those le leaders level up in their performance as well. Absolutely. So true. So true. Um, one of the other KPIs or something different that we track in our salon, that's just a little bit different from what we teach in the course is we do percentage of retail to total sales. Um, and we do that because we have such an impactful, um, I guess, front desk or we call a guest experience um, person who really knows our guests in and out and she'll do she'll call guests to get them to come in specifically just to buy retail so we do our kpi we want to know what is our percentage of retail to total sales um, and we have a very high percentage it's something that i've been super proud of for all eight years we've been in business um, and so we track that versus guest average retail dollar. Okay. And then are you, um, are you all tracking that as a team or individually or both? Um, we track it mostly as a team, um, but we do, we do touch on it in their small teams trackers. Awesome. Yeah. And then do you, do you have your team um, answering questions on, on video about their KPIs and, and core values? I have one. So the rest of my girls are my veterans and they've been with me for a very long time. So I no longer require the video, um, but we go through their trackers. I talked, I speak to their trackers during huddles. Um, and then of course we, we do them monthly. We go over them. Um, but my newest girl, she does weekly loom videos with her, her trackers. So when we, um, when we first implemented small teams, I had my whole team doing videos um, and then they made the request actually at the beginning of the year this year to stop doing them. So we actually have just our newest ones, like, like you were saying, because I feel like um, 
there is something magical that happens when somebody's coming into your company, they're onboarding, they're understanding your culture when they actually have to like relate their results and their behavior back to core values. And then also being able to connect with another member of the team mm-hmm. about that, I think just really creates um, a, a, a huge like understanding of the culture and the way that we operate. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's, I mean, so doing those weekly videos in the beginning with my, even my veterans, it, like I said, they're, they're like, yeah, well, and you said there's something magical that happens. They just become so self-aware and then also like team aware. And we always had them do shout outs to a team member in their weekly loom. And now, I mean, I see that in Slack communication all the time. It's just, it almost like created those behaviors or created those habits. And then now they no longer need the video, but they're still, I mean, I see what they're doing every day in Slack. They're shouting out their team members. They're speaking to the core values. They're bringing up the core values themselves. You know, so it really is, I think if anybody's going to be implementing something like that, it's extremely important to start with the weekly um, videos and self-reflection, which is basically what it is. And um, because it just creates this sense of awareness and creates really great habits. So Mallory and Amanda, are you all using small teams inside of your salons as well? Yeah, we, we use small teams um, and my leaders are in charge of the, the small teams that we have in salon. Um, we don't do, so our leadership team will respond with a video um, but our, our team, we don't have do videos. We have questions and then they fill them out and they submit them in their small team channel. Uh, it was just for us, like that's kind of what our team likes to do. Um, and that's what works for us. So, and yeah, it's been, it's huge because now my leaders are learning how to like the importance of knowing what your numbers are. Like, it's not just, you know, here's, here's what your benchmarks and goals are. And then the stylists not have any clue how to hit those numbers or, you know, they're just lost. Now they have leadership who has gone through a lot of the stuff that they're going through. They know how to, um, set goals and do the things. And so they're, they're almost like mentoring them like, okay, like your numbers are low here. What are some goals that we can set this week? And then they hold them accountable for that. And it's been, it's been huge for us. Yeah. I definitely think that it is one of the single most valuable pieces that we teach in RL CEO. I mean, it really did change my company. Mallory, how's it going in your salon? It's going very well. We started with a small teams concept similar to how Jesse did it because we were such a small team. But now that we've uh, grown and added some new team members this year, we've been able to follow, you know, the traditional small teams format that we teach in the course. Dividing up, we have two small teams based on um, the rotating schedule that we just implemented. And it's been really magical to like see the loom feedback and everything going to my team and, and seeing our leaders really pouring into the stylus and, um, like connecting the dots on how it affects the team as a whole is really awesome. Um, and we actually have my salon coordinator now. She's not even a stylist behind the chair. And she's now one of the small teams leaders. And it has been awesome to see someone who is not a traditional service provider, but someone that knows our business well, um, that can also coach to the numbers. So it doesn't have to be somebody that's behind the chair. Oh, yeah. I That is one of my favorite things because I do have a guest happiness team. Um, 
leader inside of my salon uh, that that does coach to small teams. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see uh, an understanding of like what behaviors get to happen so that the, the total benchmarks or KPIs for the salon are optimized. And I think that it's even cooler, like, you know, I know that the way that we do it, and I know most of you probably do it this way, which is like our, our front desk has goals as well. And their goals are based on the individual goals of the artists. And so it, it kind of creates this like symbiotic relationship in which the front desk really cares about how the artists are being behind the chair. Yeah, I think it's really magic to see it like in each small team, but then come together as a whole, I think is really awesome. Um, so I would be interested to hear from you all, like, and I, I can start, which is um, what do you think is like the most, I mean, they're all really important, but if you were going to start with one KPI that you would coach to, um, what would it be? And I, I'll start and say, pre-booking. Um, and it's kind of interesting. It's been an interesting journey for me and my salon with pre-booking because it actually took quite a long time for me to be able to like articulate and have them understand why pre-booking and ensuring that your guest has their next appointment is so important. And I think in my particular salon, uh, the reason for that is we are blessed in our location. We have a lot of new guests. And so it's easy to like assume that your book is going to have people on it in six weeks. Um, but it took a really long time for me to like get them to understand that every new guest that we put in a chair is money spent from the company that kind of takes away from the things that we can do to grow and build. And that even though we might have, you know, new guests for you in six weeks, if we're having to put them on your book, then we're not able to grow another artist and grow as a team. Um, but I think that once, I mean, like now we're, we started kind of in the high fifties, low sixties, and now we sit in the eighties most of the time and just really seeing them honor. It's really like an honoring of, of all the behavior that it takes to get a new guest in the chair to make sure that that person has an appointment in five or six weeks. Um, so I'd love to hear from you guys what, what KPI, what benchmark you favor and why. And why. Um, I'll jump in. And I think, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick just one. That's a really hard question, Erin. But the first one that popped into my head was utilization. So, and it's not just about the percentage of you being utilized, it's also digging deeper and looking into how many hours do you have for sale? Because you can run into, especially now, like with the change in the industry and how important a flexible schedule is and everybody wants to be able to, you know, like have that work-life balance. There's a I wouldn't say danger, but there's a new issue, I think, arising where now we're starting to see that some stylists aren't putting themselves out there enough for enough hours. And so you could have somebody that's working um, that 
you know, if they're only tracking their productivity, you may see that they have 85 to 90% productivity, but then you look and you see, okay, but you only worked like 17 hours this week. So 17 hours is not going to get you to the goal that you want to see for yourself or that the salon wants you to, that the salon needs you to see as well. So it's important to, to know if you're, you know, trying to create that autonomy of schedule and letting your stylist kind of come and go, it's really important that you're tracking how many hours they're available for, for behind the chair each week. And so that productivity or utilization number is extremely important. And then the other thing I would say, or I was going to say is frequency of visit, because that's also, you know, the more times you see a guest, the less clients you're going to have to go find. So I think those two are really important. Yeah. Well, and I love, like, like you said, kind of in the beginning, like it's hard to pick just one because actually they really do all work together. Like frequency mm-hmm. of visit happens when your pre-booking is on point and then utilization is a result of both of those things together. Yep. Um, and I, I also like really wanted to say, I loved what you pointed out about utilization and it's like, educating your artists about like, yes, flexibility is important and it's actually really available, but this is the impact that it has when you, you know, when you're not being uh, mindful about how and when Mm -hmm. you're taking time. Right. Absolutely. And then also I, I will just add to utilization that, and this is something that pretty much every student that comes in, you know, we get to, to show and teach is that, inside of our industry, especially now, like with the longer balayage services and stuff, how long something is taking versus how much you're charging for it really has an effect on your utilization. Like I know inside of my company before CEO, I had people that were like, you know, if we offered a 45 minute um, application time, 45 minute processing time and a 45 minute finishing time, they would go in and drag that appointment out you know, another hour and still charge the same amount of money. And what happens is if you can imagine that, you know, what, what was of an appointment that took up two hours of a 10 hour day, that's 20% utilization. I'm just using 10 hour days for easy math, but, and then you drag it out another hour and it takes up three hours of a 10 hour day. Now you're at 30% utilization. However, the money that you brought in didn't change. So I think that's an important distinction to make about utilization as well. Yeah, I would say utilization is something that we track heavily in the salon for all of the reasons that um, Jesse had talked about. Uh, We also pay a lot of attention to our home care sales or retail sales um, because our So my team actually decided up until recently, we used to pay out a retail commission and um, I got my team together and told them like, hey, you know, here is what we could do for paid time off. We could offer you guys up to four weeks paid time off, depending on, you know, how long you work for the company. But we have to be able to do that with, you know, retail commissions. And so they were willing to forego their retail commissions to earn more, more PTO. So we really, really track a uh, GARD for that reason, just because it helps to drive a lot of our benefits in the salon. But then it also, uh, retail sales are loyalty. It's guest loyalty. So if a guest purchases 
um, home care from your business, they are so much more likely to remain loyal to your business. And not only that, but if they're taking home what you're recommending, then what do they say? Like 90% of your hair's health has to do with what you do at home. So if you're coming into the salon and you're doing all of this magical work on them and then they go home and they use suave, you know, or something that's just going to wreck it, then the guest isn't going to be happy with their hair and they're going to think that it's their hairstylist's fault, not the stuff that they're using on it at home. So home care just creates like, it just solidifies that relationship with the stylist and the business. And uh, it's a point of difference that we can maintain just that, that quality. Like we, we sell quality products, our guests notice the difference. They love their hair. Um, so that's a huge one for us that we also track. Oh, I love that you brought up um, the retail commission and benefits conversation too. I'm curious, um, have you seen a change in your retail sales since like taking, I don't want to say the word taking away, but since reallocating the, the retail commission? No, it hasn't been. Uh, we haven't seen really a drop in it, but honestly, it's because we, the GARD is a benchmark in their career path, so they cannot... Um, they can't earn a raise without hitting, you know, hitting their benchmarks with their retail sales. So we haven't really seen a dip. We have, it, it's been slight, but I honestly think like January, February, March has just been really weird in general for us sales wise. So, um, people are just not purchasing as, as much right now, uh, not for lack of trying, but it, it, it really hasn't affected things very much. Yeah. So I, I, the reason I even asked that question is because I feel like, um, it, it was industry standard for a long time to pay 10, 15, 20% retail commission on top of retail sales. And in a, in a industry where our margins are really small anyway, that actually is a significant portion of revenue that comes in. And to me, quite honestly, even when I was behind the chair, that 10, 15 or 20% commission was not enough of a driver to really change my behavior. Um, but I do think that when they understand like, hey, this money can go toward PTO, health insurance, like whatever, 401k, whatever it is, then they start to understand that every dollar that comes into the company matters and has a, a beneficial effect on them, even if it's not the transaction of like, we brought a dollar in and you got 20 cents, right? Right. So I think that's really cool. And I love that you did that. How about you, Mallory? Um, I would have to say retention for me is a big one. It kind of goes hand in hand with, um, with pre-booking as well, because if you are pre-booked, then that means you have a higher retention rate. But I think I like retention because I think it shines a light on the entire experience in the salon. So, for example, when we coach to retention, especially when we have new team members or um, people that are first getting getting uh, the knowledge to read their own numbers, um, you know, I think it, it's really important that even if your salon is doing all of the advertising, all of the direct outreach and all of those things to get people into the salon, now that's when... Um, the guest sits in the stylist chair, that's when the magic for retention happens. You know, things like having great conversations, being interested in what the guest has to say, not interesting to the guest the first few times they visit, you know, um, keeping the overall service neat and tidy for a comfortable experience, educating your guest with styling tips so that they can um, 
recreate their look at home and something that matches their lifestyle, that's also going to affect GARD. So I feel like some of the things that we coach as far as getting retention and getting those guests retained to come back into the salon also will affect some of those other uh, KPIs and benchmarks as well. Absolutely. And I, you know, again, like they just all kind of hold hands and work together. And it's like, if you are creating a consistent guest experience that hits all of the points, then your K- your KPIs, your benchmarks will reflect that. Um, and I think that retention is sort of like the result of the behavior behind the chair, which, you know, is, is super important and really does paint a picture of how effective is what you're doing behind the chair and what do you get to shift. Um, Absolutely. So I think the only one that we did not touch on um, is what we used to call CTE or SRH, which is the percentage of chemical to technical to extensions or your service revenue per hour. And this is not the sexiest, I guess, of benchmarks. However, um, it has a huge impact on your bottom line. And it's it would be hard to chat about this really without a proper visual but it's just considering like, we'll take the 10 hour example again, a 10 hour day. And let's say you're 50% utilized for that day. If three of those hours are sold to, to haircuts and the other two are sold to color versus if three hours is sold to color and two hours is sold to haircuts, those ratios have a ginormous effect on what your result, your revenue result for the day is going to be. And then we could even go a little bit further and say that we could take a day um, that, you know, the hours are sold to whatever and be able to shift um, the revenue that's being brought in with things like, you know, face framing highlights, glazes, treatments, things of that nature that, that really, end up selling more time to our higher, um, our higher revenue producing services. Um, so I, I just wanted to touch on that for a minute. It's, it's actually a really interesting thing to track inside of your company. And when you really start to understand the effect that it has on your revenue, you will be astounded. For example, um, when I first, you know, we teach, hourly pricing inside of RL CEO. And when I, when I first went into hourly pricing, I priced my technical based on what I was charging at the time for the service. So like when we converted it, I kind of based it on that. I didn't want to blow my books up. So I stayed conservative. And then once I ran with that for about 18 months and I really started to understand what effect it was having on my company because we sell a whole lot of technical. I mean, most salons do sell more technical than chemical because, you know, you've got your standalone haircuts and then every single color has a haircut or a blow dry attached to it. So, you know, just by the nature of that, we sell more technical, but mine happens to be very technical heavy. And because I wasn't selling my technical hour for enough, it was having a detrimental effect on my goals. Um, And I wouldn't have known that I needed to raise that without being able to look at those ratios and really understand how it was having an effect. So I I just think it's an important benchmark that, you know, I don't hear talked about that much at all. Do you guys have anything to add about SRH or chemical to technical? 
No, I don't. I really, I don't pay attention to it a ton. It's definitely a benchmark on our, um, on our career path, but it's not one that I feel like our team struggles to hit, if that makes sense. That's awesome. That's great. Um, thank you all so much for joining us today and we will see you next week.